You're listening to the Madhouse podcast. Download it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. And if you like, feel free to leave us a cheeky little review. But of course, please just leave us a review. Oi, creepy voice guy, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the Madhouse. Welcome to the Madhouse, your number one podcast for horror reviews, bullshit and booze. Oi, what is the bullshit bit reference? Um, most of what we say. Right, talking bullshit. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to clear that one up. My name's Jimmy, and over there, it's Joey. Hey, hello. <laughs> I still want right. to know what, what other kind of bullshit you thought it was a reference to. I don't know. I just wanted to clear it up. Oh yeah, horror I just reviews. Didn't know. I thought it was what we us do. Talking, talk, talking bullshit. Yeah, and drinking booze. I thought it I mean, we summed do... us up quite well. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we talk fact as well. So it's bull fact. No, it's fact shit. Why don't we just change it? No, I don't want you to change it. Oh, I like it. I'm just saying. I just wanted just between. I mean, we probably should have done it off air, but nah, it's, it's on tape now and I well, there we go it's can't delete cassette. audio so no we could rewind and delete cut it snip it and stitch it <laughs> together yeah but we won't and we're talking about land of the dead where they don't yeah uh, stick them back together they rip them apart yeah beautiful it's episode 40 yeah and we made it so far and also wow. When we did Day of the Dead, we lost a whole episode. Last week, we tried recording this episode and literally just couldn't get anything to work. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. I forgot about Day of the Dead. The whole thing just got lost in corrupt files and it was screwed. And it was like the one time I didn't record in two places at once. And it was the greatest episode that we ever did. Yeah. So we ended up doing just the tribute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. That was fun. It was fun, but... I, I don't know if we're cursed or not. Did anything go wrong with Dawn of the Dead? Was it just a shit episode? We could blame that on the I curse. don't think. Yeah, I just don't think we were very good then. Yeah, we're finally getting Didn't into we? our groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I'm intro aside, well. <laughs> <laughs> so Land of the Dead, Jimmy. I know that this is your favorite so far. Probably favorite of all of Romero's zombies. I enjoy it, yes. I think it's it's one of the best, yeah. 2005, as you said, last time your heyday. It was my heyday, boy, <laughs> yes. 2005. Fuck me, it's a long time ago. <laughs> Living the dream back then. Yeah. Well, this is the uh, most expensive George A. Romero zombie film, and it got the go-ahead following a success of Zack Snyder's 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake. Yes, 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 yes. 
Did you see what the working title was? Um, I did, but I can't remember it from last week. It's gone out of my memory. Go on. It's Dead Reckoning. Oh, of course. No. This is why I'm glad that I write stuff down because I have forgotten everything in a week. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it Night of the Living Dead? Dead Reckoning. Yeah. The studio wanted yeah. it to be, yeah. Yeah. Cashing in on the uh, the name of the original. The idea for Land of the Dead came from the elements of Day of the Dead's original script. The were discarded because the studio in charge at the time kept making Romero cut bits, which they always seem to do to Romero. Yeah, but he just waffles on, doesn't he? Probably waffles on on page. He's written it all out, handwritten it all. Yeah. 40 million pages. He's like, yeah, I'll check this film out. Fucking hell, cut it down, George, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, you've written the whole series. He wrote, uh, his original thing was just The Walking Dead, and they've just got the original script, and they're doing it over 10 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, should we do whatever you just called this bit off uh, that I can't remember? I called it the paranormal graph. <laughs> Which is a cross between paranormal and paragraph. Yeah, it's a paragraph. So for those who don't know, we used to do a massive fucking 10-minute slot of how we how the the film went, wasn't it? It was the plot slot. Yeah, plot slot. <laughs> and now we just do this little bit that takes like 30 seconds. But it doesn't have a name. So... It's not a paragraph, it's like five paragraphs, but it's still really short. No, I'd say that's five sentences. No, full stop's the end of a sentence. <laughs> oh, I, I ain't no English teacher, I don't know. Anyway, this is the very, <laughs> the gistograph. Gistograph. Something like normal graph. Let's just okay, do it. So I'll start it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, come, you come in where you want. Okay. The living dead have overtaken, overtaken humanity. Oh, you said whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, go. Go. <laughs> The living dead have overtaken humanity. The last of the human race live inside a walled city as they try each day to survive. The wealthy, led by the corrupt Kaufman, played by Dennis Hopper, live in a sealed skyscraper known as Fiddler's Green as the poor fend for themselves on the streets. Protecting them is an enormous tank called Dead Reckoning. Reckoning? Reckoning. (laughs) I'm going to start that paragraph again, I think. Protecting them is an enormous... Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Protecting them is an enormous tank called Dead Reckoning. Controlled by a group of people led by Riley on a routine supply run, Riley observes the undead seemingly becoming more intelligent. Riley's second-in-command, Cholo, gets one of the newbies killed on a selfish booze and cigar run. I don't think that's selfish, but... The new, slightly smarter zombie horde, led by gun-toting Big Daddy, head to the shiny Fiddler's Green in search of revenge. Overcoming many obstacles, including a bloody great river on their way. Meanwhile, Riley loses command of the tank to Cholo, who is hell-bent on destroying the city. Riley must save the city and its people from Cholo and Dead Reckoning, as those who walk beyond the walls of the city slowly develop new abilities and become a much greater threat to humankind than ever before. Yeah, boy! Land of the Dead! 
Panorama Logistigraph. Logistigraph. Uh, a poltergistigraph. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should get someone to name that for us, because clearly we're having trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You're having trouble re- respecting the full stops. Punctuation, boy. Punctuation. There's a full stop. You stop. D- did I blast through that? Yeah, you blasted through a full stop like nobody's business. You <laughs> running a red light there, yeah, boy. You know it's what? like, whoa, there's a full stop. I'm dead reckoning the shit out of this paragraph. Absolutely. Getting 100%. it done. You don't, not stopping don't give me. a shit. Yeah. I don't respect punctuation. Nah, knocking it down. You always keep knocking them down. Next time, I'll read it before we do it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, fair enough. Should we do Frights and Delights? Let's do it. Oi, here we go. Let's chow down on some lovely little morsels. Fright and Delights. Nice. Did you see Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright? Yeah, of course. Because they've both got cameos as the kind of carnival zombies that were being paintballed and, like, fucked with as photo opportunity this was uh because romero was a big fan of Shaun of the dead which came out the year before yes another brilliant film i want to do and that. simon pegg is epic as a zombie yeah he looks uh a bit like bub actually i thought yeah a little bit like he smashes it out in uh spaced and then he's like just the pretending to do it yeah yeah no but he's got it down, and you can fucking tell it's Simon Pegg when he's doing the grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sean waking up in the morning grow. Yes. Yes. So talking about Bub, Bub is back. Yeah, boy. The zombie that jumps on Cholo in the liquor store is Bub from Day of the Dead. And you can see the collar that he had on in uh, Day of the Dead in that lab as well. Uh, but they kill him. He gets stabbed up through the head after surviving an underground bunker as a pet. Listening to a Walkman, getting revenge on the Colonel in 1985. He escapes, gets a second chance to live, slash death, a life out in the world, just to be killed in 2005 in a liquor store robbery. Yes, but he seems to have got himself trapped in the fridge. Yeah, well, he was having a drink, wasn't he? I reckon. He's not, yeah, probably, but he's not living his best life, is he? Trapped in the brewer's fridge, but yeah. Bub was finding the bubbly. Fuck off. <laughs> he won Master of the Macabre in one of the takes we did in Day of the Dead. I can't remember if it was the one we lost or the one we re-recorded. I'm oh. too lazy to play it back and check. Oh, shit. Okay. Nice. But yeah, those two, those two takes were very uh, different outcomes. Yeah. I realised how fickle we were doing those retakes. <laughs> uh, totally different person winning Master of the Macabre. So, yeah. So a fright, uh, no, a delight for this film, Jimmy. The zombie evolution continues in Night of the Living Dead. The zombies are idiots that just figure out how to use door handles. Yeah. In Dawn of the Dead, they seem to remember. Ac- no, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. They seem to remember actions and maybe have slight memories of past lives. In Day of the Dead, they seem to learn about danger. And Bub learns to act in certain ways in exchange for rewards. He speaks and aims and fires a gun. He also appears to understand uh, revenge. 
in Land of the Dead, they have emotions and problem-solving skills. Yes, but, I mean, it, yeah, one of them does. Big Daddy does, doesn't he? He's the front-runner for the... He's the one who's got the most emotion, and he's the leader, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's swapping out. It's like one of them's walking through with a... A, a stick or something, and then he picks up the gun for her and gives it to her. The cheerleader, I think it is. But she's learning and picking up quick, and they, some of the other zombies seem to display emotion, not yeah. as much as Big Daddy. I like, I like it. Like Big Daddy's like bashing with the gun at the point, like bash, 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 and then when he works out how to fire it, <laughs> oh, it's not bashy, bashy. It's shoot, shoot. <laughs> yeah, kill human. So I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Are cognitive skills improving in each zombie over time? Or has a virus mutation occurred, meaning that only the newer zombies are becoming smarter? So if a zombie from the beginning survived to Land of the Dead, would it be a smarty zombie? Smarty? A smarter zombie now? Or is it just like later generations with an evolved virus that have improved cognitive ability as the virus improves? Past from one twenty one. Well, we've not got a time frame, have we? There's, I don't no, think there's ever a time frame that's been said. No, but it's all happening in a linear thing, isn't it? You see. Yes, but there's no. I'm saying there's no time. There's not like been. We don't know if it's been one month, two months between Night of the Living Dead to Land of the Dead. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's years. I always assume that it's. The time that's passed in real life. Oh, I like your thinking. So I do like that thinking. It's decades. I like that. It does but... explain the the technology and the finally be becoming uh, civilized within a city. Getting organized like that takes time. Yeah, I think it's just. I don't think it's the virus that's mutating. I just think that that is. I think that that's a natural thing for the zombie to do is to just go about your everyday business. Once you've been reanimated, it's like, well, I don't know. You don't know what to do. So you do that thing that you've done for like, I don't know, years and years, like a creature of habit. So you go and do it just like Big Daddy. He's there and he's working in his thing and he hears the bell when that couple walk past and he comes out. Serves the, tries to serve the petrol, the car's not there. Uh, walks back off again, waiting for the next bell. But I definitely reckon they're getting smarter and learn. But are they learning as they go along? Uh, is what I think. That's what I think is happening. Like someone's picking up a tool and going, "Oh, this works," and teaching another zombie, and that zombie is figuring out how to shoot it rather than bash. And then he's teaching well, yeah, someone that's... else how to shoot it, and they're all. Yeah, that's learning. I don't think it's got anything to do with the actual virus. I just think it's the the outcome. All right, fair enough. Like if I just kept walking into the uh, walking into a wall. Yeah, seen that. At some point, I'm going to start going. Do you know what? This isn't the right fucking way here. I'll go that way. Walk into that wall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've seen I've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one last 
delight. Okay. Uh, it's a small one, but I like to... It, oh. It's a nice, light-hearted one. Uh, Romero joked that Hopper's cigar budget cost more than it cost to make Night of the Living Dead. Might have just been a joke, but I like to think it's true. Plus, it also sounds plausible. Yeah, it does sound plausible. <laughs> I can imagine that as well. First film was definitely on a budget. And they really struggled for any kind of financing. I think, if I remember, they were literally trying to get more financing as they were making the film because they just didn't have enough. And Dennis Hopper seems to have expensive cigar taste. Absolutely. Why not? But that's that's all my frights and delights. That's all five of them. That's all you're getting. Okay, lovely. Tasty. I've got a lovely little segment now. I was hoping you would. I yeah, just, back. A qu- it. just a quick one. And I'm going to call it... Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm calling this segment Farmland of the Dead. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I got this from a classic British newspaper. (laughs) Oh, God. The Daily Star. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But I like it. There's some reliable sources in this, I think. So here we go. Sit back. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to have a little swig of a hot cider. Hot cider? Yeah, it's not been in a fridge. All right, room temp. Oh, dirty. Right. If there ever, ever is a Night of the Living Dead style apocalypse, it seems those living in leafy Cambridge have the least to fear. The university city topped a list of places most likely to survive a zombie invasion due to its number of onshore wind farms, recycling centres and farmland, while Swansea was second. Okay. The research, yeah, the research found Belfast was the third top area expected to survive because of its green space, but Oxford, Preston, and Derby were bottom of the list due to its lack of onshore wind farms, outdoor space, and clean air. Okay, I don't know what these onshore wind farms are all about and clean air, and I'm pretty sure Derby as Derbyshire has a lot of space. Yeah. Excuse me, I had a burp there. Comparison website Save on Energy, which carried out the study, said whilst much of the population believe that a zombie apocalypse is a little more than fictitious scenario, a number of Brits still fear the possibility, with pop culture leading some to believe that a zombie takeover remains a reasonable explanation of how the world might end. Totally agree. Nearly got there last year. Yeah. If in the middle... Of a zombie apocalypse with access to no food or supplies, farms would be the go-to location to grow crops crops, and be self-sufficient. After analysing land data to find out how much of each city's region is covered by farmland, we can reveal that Leicester, Nottingham and Northampton came out on top with 100 points each in our index. Sweet. So we- so we're doing all right, but I don't know what these... I don't know how they p- put these points out. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, it's probably as, as reliable as our rating system. Good point. So we got 100 points, not him. Yeah. Following closely behind in second are the northern Irish cities of Nura, Armagh City and Belfast. Meanwhile, for obvious reasons, the city of London was awarded 
nil fois due to having just nine percent of farmland. Yeah, well, just a load of sponges. That's why every, everything driven into the city for them. Yeah, shit off. The zombie survival index was based on a solar energy produced per year, farming area, the number of farmers per city, and air quality. Researchers also probed outdoor space recycling centers, wind farms, and the number of electric vehicle charging points. You need them. It it comes after research found that zombie horror film fans are better prepared for coronavirus pandemic than other people. (laughs) University researchers said movies such as 28 Days Later and Night of the Living Dead serve as mental rehearsal for actual events. I'd yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Number one rule I've ever learned from the zombie films for when the apocalypse comes is don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Like if a, if, if a zombie comes in, it's your next door neighbour, you're like, yeah. oh no, but it's it's Barry from next Done. door. No, don't think about it. Stab him in the head. Yeah, fuck Barry. Yeah. He's pedo anyway. Was he? So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. The top ten places safe to be in England. I'll go from 10. We know what the top ones are. I said them, but we'll go from 10. Manchester is number 10, apparently. Okay. I don't know. This is, is, due, this is farmland, uh, wind farms and fucking recycling centres, charging points, all that business. Gloucester at number 9. I like Gloucester. They got a good farm shop. Good cheese. 8. Good cheese. 8. Dundee. Have you? What you like? Wow, comedy gold. Seven, Edinburgh. That's up in Scotland again. Six, which is a joint, is Plymouth and Newry. Probably not saying that right. Fifth is Armagh. We said that. Fourth is Bristol. Okay. I'd say that, yeah. Yeah. Dangerous motorway down there, but that's fine. Three's Belfast. Two is Swansea. One's Cambridge. Well, I'll stick where I am. Yeah, we're doing all right in Nottingham. So, yeah, so in Nottingham, we'll be farmland of the dead. So that's my little little segment for you. Nice. I kept it clean this time. No death or nothing in that one. Just positivity. Yeah. That's... Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad I live in Nottingham, surrounded by the countryside here as well. So uh, I'll just go and nick some food. Yeah, brilliant. Hunt some animals. Hunt some animals, yeah. It's all right. We go live in the forest. Yeah. Should we master the macabre? <laughs> if you want, sir. I want. Master of the macabre. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We're about to decide who deserves to be chilling in Fiddler's Green and who deserves some dead reckoning. It's Master of the Macabre. I've got two, Jimmy. Sorry, I was miles away there. Did you nail it? <laughs> yeah, I got it that time around. Right. Um, I've got one, but I've got quite a lot of... There's, there's, there's a few mentions, I think, we could we could say. Okay, so shall I name my two? Yeah, go on. Uh, Robert Joy plays Charlie. That's the moisture yes, in his tip. Good. Yeah, Bert plays man, yeah. And Dennis Hopper, 
Kaufman. Oh, well. Okay. Okay. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. 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 None of them. Oh, I've got boy. You haven't got Riley, have you? No, I haven't. No, I don't like him. No, no. I don't like him either. He's a bit too clean cut. Yeah, that's why I was just about to say the words clean cut. He's a bit too clean cut for it. Posh boy. It's like he's yes. just got out of the shower, constantly cleaned and preened and ready to pamper himself down at the spa. Yes, he's a bit like he's an early Rick. He's an early day Rick Grimes because Rick Grimes is a bit like that at the start. Yeah, I think he's even more, yeah, even more so than Rick Grimes. And he wears that long yeah. jacket like he thinks he's fucking Neo from the Matrix, but he's not. Yes, he's a penis. Yeah. Right, let's brush him aside. So he's not one, <laughs> I'm guessing. No, he's definitely not one. Because I don't think he's in horror films either. I don't think he was a horror film actor, Simon Baker. No. Could I... be wrong. But I think this was his first sort of foray into horror films. He was all right, but... I don't like his character. Too clean. Yeah. No. I want to smell it. Do you know what I mean? I want to look at them and smell it like they've been there for a while. Yeah. I think the point was they live in the nice place and get to go out shooting zombies for the higher yeah. ups. But even that, he, gear. he doesn't live in Fiddler's Green. He lives in the streets around it. Yeah. He just does their dirty work. Maybe it's meant to show he like gets paid well for what he does. But either way, yeah, no, he's gone. Who have you got then? No, I don't like his face. Yeah. Um, I've got I've gone for a bit of continuity, and I went with uh, Eugene Clark, who played Big Daddy. <laughs> okay, why is that continuity? Because we had Bub in um, Day of the Dead. Oh, okay. So I thought I'd give it to the zombies, but maybe we shouldn't give it to the zombies. I mean, Dennis Hopper is a damn good actor. He's great in speed. Yeah. Not and... so much in Super Mario Brothers, but... <laughs> I haven't seen that for a long time. Do you know what? We watched it possibly during lockdown. Yeah. And it's still shit. Bob Hoskins as well. Bob Bob was, um, Bob's uh, Mario. And then John... Uh, Lakuzamo, who plays Cholo in this, is Luigi. Is he? Yeah, and then Dennis Hopper is um, King Hooper. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, Cholo is um, the guy, he's in, um, the only thing I've ever seen in him before was the Romeo and Juliet Baz Luhrmann remake that I had to do for GCSE English. Yeah, everybody has to do that. It's a good film. It was a good film, actually. Peace. I hate the no, word. No, he's in loads of... He's in loads of good stuff, but he is also Luigi in Super Mario Bros. Yeah, he wasn't bad in this. I think he gets an honourable mention. I think he's really good in this. Yeah. I like his I like his kind of attitude. Uh, who do you want to go for? I mean, Cholo does get dicked over massively by Kaufman, doesn't he? Yeah, but he... Yeah. He's also a bit of a dick. Because he's doing all these jobs, expecting the him to get a get a, a place in Fiddler's Green. And then Kaufman's like, nah, nah, we don't want your sort in here, mate. Get out. Yeah. I didn't mean Mexicans. I just mean, like, the street people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't questioning. Um, well, I am now, but I wasn't before. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Um, Azaria Gento, she was pretty good. Played yeah. Slack. 
Yeah. She's good. Daughter of uh, Dario Argento. Famous Italian horror movie director. So that's some absolute bangers. She did really good. And she's also, she does a good thing. There's a good, um, there's a good film called Live Freaky, Die Freaky. It's this kind of like puppety film. And it's got like Billy Joe Armstrong's in it. Tim Armstrong's the narrator. Oh. Uh, Argento, she does, uh, she's in it. And it's like musical, this weird musical, like puppety type film. Cool. And it's about Charles Manson. It's really, yeah, really good. Helter Skelter. Good. I got blisters on me fingers. Who are we going to give Master of the Macabre to, though? Or have you got any other honorable mentions? Um, I'll get our honorable mention to uh, Joanne Boyland, who played Pretty Boy. She was in, she was driving Dead Reckoning. Okay. Yeah. You got you got to give it, you got to give big up props to her. Yeah. Fuck, I was gonna say something. I was gonna say something then, but I thought, no, it's only gonna get cut out, so I won't. Well, what were you gonna say? Yeah, big up. No, I'm not gonna say it. Ah. Oh. Why don't you do that bit again, and I'll decide if we keep it. In or not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Go on. It's up to you. You said Big Daddy. Out of mine, I'd probably pick. Ah, fuck it. Give it to Big Daddy. Yes! Zombies! Can't it's clever, pick... isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. He's acting. Yeah. Stupid. That's getting clever. Takes some skill. Yeah, exactly. But it's also very nice at the bit at the end where um, he's sort of leading his people across the bridge, the walkway. What do you mean by then... his people? <laughs> <laughs> First, it's the Zombies Mexicans. In... Bloody hell. <laughs> Zombies in that, innit? <laughs> oh, okay. and, he's le- and he's leading his people across the bridge. <laughs> and he kind of looks over and Riley's there with dead record in. And it's like, well, we could blow him up. And then Riley's like, nah, we'll just, we'll just let, him go, let him go on his way. I thought that was a touching moment. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just trying to get on as well. Yeah. Live and let Pick live. Up. Yeah, big up Eugene Clark. You're in the ranks of Bub now. If we, if Bub was the person we chose in the episode we released, yeah, I'm sure it was. It has to be. <laughs> it wouldn't have been something weird like a toupee or a flip flop. Uh, I didn't see a toupee in this film, and I don't know if there was a toupee in Return of the Dead. Well, Good old recurring go. toupee theme. Oh, I love it. The backbone that this podcast is built on. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we do uh, the Madhouse rating system? Yeah, boy! The Madhouse rating system. Right, let's get down to the nitty gritty. It's the Madhouse rating system. First up, we've got tension. And suspense. There are lots of typical but welcome moments from a zombie film. Jump attacks and chases. Dead Reckoning was like its own character in the film. And was a setting for some great action scenes, chase scenes, horror moments of suspense. As well as adding some gore splattered here and there. Um, And I think overall the film was, was pretty good for tension and suspense. Yes, that whole bit. 
where they're leading up to uh, Cholo. He's taken. He's Nick dead reckoning. Yeah, and he's he's gonna go and uh, he's gonna go blow up Fiddler's Green. Yep, because he just wants some cash, cash, cash money. We know it's not gonna happen. So there's actually there's actually two good tension parts of this film. There's the human element, which is Cholo, who's gone a bit crazy, a bit like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm taking fucking Dave Ragnar. I'm going to yeah. blow I'm going to blow Fiddler's Green up, and I want your money. And then there's the other bit, the zombie side of it, where they're going after the revanche, and yeah. they're traveling towards Fiddler's Green, and they're getting through all the obstacles, walking through the river, coming out at the top of the river. Like, they all fucking stupid humans think they're safe. But nah. So that's quite good. It's like, I was kind of rooting for the zombies. Yeah, I I was rooting for everyone except Cholo. Cholo? Cholo. Just because uh, he was willing to kill the entire city just for a bit of cash. Yeah, fuck it. He wanted his dream, but he was shot... He was shot down. He was. He thought he had a promise of like working and getting rid of Kaufman's Kaufman's dead bodies and stuff, doing his dirty work for him, and then giving him little cigars and whiskey and champagne and business. And he wanted a little fucking flat in Fiddler's Green, and he was shafted. He was done. Fiddler's Green, by the way, is a uh, a place uh, like the afterlife. Is it? Yeah, so it's like I know there's a few uh I don't know what you call them, myths, legends about Fiddler's Green, but the one I know about is with sailors. So when yes, you it's, it, yeah, you die, you go off to Fiddler's Green. It's a it's a chill safe place to be after you've oh. died. So I wonder if Fiddler's Green is the uh, society and civilization has died and people get to go to Fiddler's Green. Lovely. That's nice. Yeah. Nice little factoid. It is. There's a song about it as well, isn't there? Or Shanty or something. There's a few songs. Well, uh, at least two (laughs) that I know of. A couple. Yeah, there's like a Sea Shanty and there's another one by um, the something or other band. Tragically Hip. The Tragically Hip. have a very good song called Fiddler's Green. Okay, I'll check that out. But what about tension and suspense, Jim Boy? I give it two because there's two types. Two out of no, one. I'd give it one. I'd give it one star <laughs> because there's two. There's the two. There's two storylines essentially going on. Yeah, the human side and the zombie side. Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, boom, one. Uh, next up is, I think it's gore and visual effects. Tis that. Tis. Yeah. Tis that. And it's got some amazing practical effects throughout the film. Digital effects were used for the first time ever in a Romero zombie film. But I suspect it was more for the big explosions not and things, not for zombies. Yeah. Uh, because all the zombie work seemed practical to me. Uh, some clever sequences and visual touches... Zombies crossing the river was a clever and uh, nice way to show their learning. Yes. I think that's a, also a little nod to 
um, is it fucking Carnival of Souls? I think it is. Where they yeah. rising out, they're walking out. Is that an old water, Vincent Price? Huh? Is that an old Vincent Price film? No, Vincent wasn't in that. But it's the same. It's the same sort of era. I think it might have been. No, actually, I don't know. Huh. But I think it. I think it might be Carnival of Souls. I, I might be wrong on that one. Yeah, well, it fuck, was... that's the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the booze. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Anyway, the in and out, the 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 river, whatever it was, wasn't a stream. I love how. Yeah, well, it well no, it's a river, isn't it? It's uh, it's in. I think the city is supposed to be Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was shot in Ontario, Canada. I think. Oh, okay, that's bullshit cool. as well, probably. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, but I like how Big Daddy just sort of he's looking at the he's looking at the river, and then you can see the the walled city on the other side. And he's full of like he's Mister Big Bollocks now, isn't he? He knows he's like he's thinking he's clever. Yeah, testosterone then, pumping through his dead body. Yeah, and then he stood at the edge of the the dock or harbor or whatever it was, and then his amazing, literally just walk off and plummet into yeah. the water. I thought it was oh, quite an amusing moment. I it's mean, like he suddenly goes, <laughs> yeah, he just suddenly goes. I don't need to breathe. So yeah, this doesn't really matter this river anymore. Yeah. Uh, any other special gore, special visual effects? Yes, I think there's quite a good. There's a couple of good kills in it. Okay. I think we should mention in gore and visual effects. Yeah. So there's the the dude who's waiting in the fishing hut thing at the river, waiting for the money to come across in a boat. Oh yeah, and there's a knock on the door, and it's a small child, which is a terrifying zombie. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's not that's ter- that that will do. That's terrifying enough. But then he gets attacked by a clown. Yes, yeah, that was a good kill. Yeah, and then there was another one early in the film with that that massive tool that was um like a matador. He was like one of the army men. Okay, yeah. He was like, yes, I was named after a matador. <laughs> and then he's in the car, and then the, a zombie priest, I think it is, comes up, no head. And he's like, oh, I don't give a shit. And then suddenly he flicks his head over, and it yeah. bites him on the hand. Yeah. I thought that was a fucking yeah, was brilliant nice, kill. Yeah. My, the most satisfying death for me was the uh, the, the dwarf guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was a prick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what they called him. Yet. But not as visually... Batman. Doesn't have the visual finesse of the flipping up your half-severed head from behind. Just, just yeah. hiding it on your back. Yeah. Clever. So, anyway, I think it gets one for go on visual effects. Absolutely. I don't think you could not give it one. No. Romero. Not. He's not yeah. going to drop the ball well, on that, is he? Oh, shit! We dropped the ball though. Tom Savini's character pops up again. The uh, the biker, the biker man from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Blade he was in Dawn of the Dead. Okay, yeah, here yeah, he does. He he cameos in this again as a zombie, which is very nice. Yeah, I forgot about that. I definitely think they bulked him up in that as well. He looked well tonk. 
Well, it was a few years later. Maybe you'd have uh, packed on a few pounds. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I had forgotten Lovely. about that. Yeah, nice. There's a lot of, like, nice little bits in that as well. Like, oh, fucking... Right at the very beginning, there's the band in the bandstand, and they're just blowing on... Doot, doot, doot. Yeah, like, yeah. Because they're doing their thing. Yeah. It was a song from... Dawn of the Dead that was playing in the mall. They're playing notes from it. Ah. Oh, that's a nice touch. That was a nice touch. Loads of lovely nice touches in this film. Yeah, Romero always does that. It's uh, it's really cool. Little tie-ins all the time. He likes yeah, doing that, doesn't he? he? Likes hiding yeah. things in there. Yeah, we all love a nice touch. Yeah. So that's one. Yeah, two out of two. Two out of two. Fucking beautiful. Right, next up, we have got performance. We've already mentioned some of the acting was, well, I thought some of it was average. Too clean and stilted, uh, especially compared to previous films, which had much more grit in their characters, Uh, especially Riley. I didn't like Riley at all. Most characters. Yeah, not great. Uh, including Riley, a few characters, including Riley, were polished, and he he came across as like uh, this is Riley came across as like a rom com portrayal of an action hero. Fucking good, good way of putting it. You've said a couple of good things there. Polished was very good. Good point, and yeah, rom com. Yeah, he was like because it looks like he's still got fucking gel in his hair. Yeah, sometimes. If you had a rom-com with an action hero in it, it would just be him. Just Yeah. No one wants to watch that. Yeah. And he's the main character. He's like the main guy in it, which takes a lot away from me. Yeah. Yeah, good shout. So I'd be tempted for half a star for performance because the main character was cast badly. But lots yes, of other I people think... were good. Yeah, I think uh, Azara... Argento was good. She was really good. Is that for, you've got to have that sort of broody, angry, aggressive female character. We first find her being a, a, put into that game. She's being uh, attacked by the zombies in that in that cage. She's yeah, quite a yeah, good yeah. Character. You've got to have that. She's a bit of a badass. You've got to have yeah. a badass in there. Cholo was good. I like Cholo. Yeah. I just think he was—he just always felt hard done by. I think, oi, mate, you're a cunt. But... Yeah, but trying to kill everyone in the city—I mean, yeah, Cholo, can you go? <laughs> Told you I'd get that in there. And that's it. Welcome to the Madhouse <laughs> Podcast. We're off. <laughs> so what? Uh, what Robert, are you saying? Robert Joy played Charlie, though. Charlie was a good character. Yeah, he was very good. Uh, licked his tip. Of the rifle, it is. Oh, I get it now. Fucking hell! Sorry, that's taking me a long time to get. <laughs> well, my my zoo name. Your your name. Lick, lick my, my rifle tip. tip. Yeah, <laughs> I get it now. Fucking well done. Thank well you. played. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking well laying Um, yeah, that was a tie-in as well for Romero, and I can't remember off the top of my head, so I can't. Uh, I know. I it? think I know, I know this. I think I know why he does it. There's another character does it in a, the film, doesn't he? In one of the other films. 
one of his other characters does it in a film. Yeah, do you know what film it is? I it's not remember. a Romero film. Um. Oh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is in that film as well. And another another actor called Kevin Cosner was in it as well. Oh, is it Waterworld? It Waterworld. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, Waterworld. So, that's underrated. Yeah. So Nat was like, "Why does he? Why does he lick that bit of the rifle?" And I was just sat there, like, like really cocky, like, "Well, it's because." Uh, if the wind blows on it, it dries it out and he can see which way the wind's blowing. And then he just goes, yeah, I like it because it gets the light shining off it. Yeah, so you can see it better. Yeah. <laughs> you, think, you thought he could see the evaporation of water. Yeah. So, like, if you're a sniper and he licks it and he can see which way is the wind blowing so he can correct his shot. All right, okay. So it's not complete bullshit, is it? No, but we need some bullshit to... Go up a little bit. Yeah, so that our intro tagline makes sense. <laughs> uh, I'd give it half a performance anyway is what I would go for, but... you Okay, I'll give it half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. and a half. Okay. Two and a half. Next up we have that musical score and the sound effects. So I think last week we said we were only going to go into details if it was ever worth going into details on this. Otherwise, we'd just Correct. do a yes or no. So... Yes. Yeah, or nay. Mm, nay. nay yay no what no <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> no. yes or no yay or nay i say no nay. okay no i say no i say no misfits did a song called land of the dead but i don't think it ever appeared in this film no, i don't think it's in it you've got a poster no. in your house of that haven't you yeah and i got the i got the liners as well but it's just that song and there's a big Read out in the middle. Meh. Yeah, but it's not in the film, so nay. So two and oh no, next up overall experience, boy. So it's two and a half out of five at the moment, and I know this is your this is your favorite so far, isn't it? Because we every time we do this, we choose our favorite Romero so far that we've done. Maybe. This is the favorite. This is my favorite Romero one. I think this one is the better one. I mean, Dawn of the Dead's brilliant. Dawn of the Dead's my second one. Okay, but this one is because what two thousand and five. Yeah, twenty years old. You know, and it's come out and it's fresh, and it was like, oh fuck. Oh, you were twenty years this... old. Yeah, I was twenty years old, and this was like this was the the first. Romero zombie film that I was alive for that came out. Yeah, that I can yeah. comprehend. So that's why I love it. Uh, it's my so far this is my least favorite Romero film. No, you're wrong. Get out. <laughs> but it's not a bad film. It's just not my favorite. I What's prefer. Favorite? Oh, I don't know. Probably Dawn or Day. Dawn yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawn is good. Yeah. Um. I even think I prefer Night, and I don't know why. I can't tell you why. Because it's a classic, and it's been in more fucking movies than anybody. Even Like, I was watching another film the other day. Can't remember what it was, but again, on that screen, Night of the Living Dead, again. Yeah. 
So, but what are we giving it then for overall experience? I would like to give it one, please. Okay. Uh, I'll leave it as it is. Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half. Five. I'm excited for this next bit because it's my IMDB challenge for you. Uh, this is a favour to you. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yeah, it's the purge. No, we've done that. But oh. you'll you might get this. I think your uh, three words is your PB for guessing okay. the description. You'll get this in two, I think. Oh shit! Alex Browning. Oh! <laughs> Do you need more words? No. Fuck. Oh, it's Final Destination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> I just needed a minute. Right. <laughs> you gave me a scream. I'm giving you Final Destination. <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> i got to read the whole description, yeah? Alex yeah. Browning is among a group of high school students readying themselves for a trip to Europe when he suddenly has a premonition that airplane will crash. He screams to warn the others, but instead he is thrown off the plane. Yes. That's the whole description. It's not actually a very good description of the f- actual whole concept of the film, but if you didn't get no. it with that whole description, then you wouldn't get it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't give you a lot there. Sweet. Final destination next time. Fucking lovely. I knew that name. I knew <laughs> I, it was there. It was locked in. I just needed a couple of seconds to get it feeded out. I thought you'd get it. I was like, oh, it's a description that's really easy if you know the film pretty well. Anyway, it's time for our featured band. Yes. Plug away. Right, let's check this band out. They're from Central Texas. They've been going for about eight years, put out four albums, loads of singles. You can get them on Spotify and YouTube. This song's called The Harvest. It's from a horror film called The Barn. The band is Rebel Flesh! Happy Dark evil 
That was Rebel Flesh, and if you want them crawling under your skin, you can find them on all streaming services, but preferably check them out on Bandcamp by visiting rebelflesh.bandcamp.com where you can get hold of all their music and merch. And as for the Madhouse podcast, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast app, iTunes, wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and email Jimmy your favourite cheesy pop songs to ooeeooartingtang at wallawallabingbang.com. Jimmy and myself will see you in a fortnight for our next episode on Final Destination! Yeah! Wait! Ah. I don't think... Yeah, I just don't think we were very good then.